Hello and welcome to Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney, where we're talking through the do-do's and don't do's of learner-centered proficiency-based education. My name is Matthew O'Shea, and with me today, as always, <laughs> is me, Courtney Obalolan. Happy St. Patrick's Day, Courtney. Yeah, happy St. Patrick's Day. So I've got a, an amusing anecdote from my my school past. So way back when when I was in it has to be, I think it was first grade. Like, you remember, like, you know, you always do those celebrations in, like, kindergarten, first grade for every holiday. Mm-hmm. Well, so we had one for St. Patrick's Day, and we made these, like, um, I guess they were hats, but it was more like, you know, how you take just a strip of cardboard and make, like, a headband. Okay. You know, and yep. so it was like, that was the hat, like, like, a, like a crown, at Bur- like the Burger King crown. Sure, I sure. Guess. Right, so we made those, but it was like a big shamrock in the front, and our teacher put O apostrophe whatever our last name was on it, so we were all just like, we just did. Everyone was O something for St. Patrick's Day, and um, there was this girl in my class whose last name was O. Oh, my God. O-H. <laughs> yeah, so she she was Sarah O-O. And oh, my. <laughs> Not yeah, not so good. Not so good, I don't not think. Not so good. No. <laughs> but the intent was there. The that intent was, was there. Yes. It's so it's the, funny on a few different levels, but you know, it's also wrong on a couple levels. <laughs> so the point of this is make sure you have holidays for every single possible thing instead no, no. of doing learning. Oh, no. wait a minute. Okay, that's wrong. Okay, but good. I'm, I'm happy for Sarah OO or whatever her name was. So... <laughs> Holy moly. <laughs> nice. Let's just move on from these type of comments right. then. Yeah. Okay, so today we're going to talk about continuous flexible grouping and what that means. And we actually think we're going to do more than one of these in like a series because there's so much to it and nobody yeah. really knows how to do it, right? There's like very, very superficial ways to group. But when you dig down deep into it, it gets really, really tough. It's messy. Yeah, it is. So we, we want to kind of walk you through that in order to, right. to, to help help you uh, figure these things out. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll share some of the ways that we have seen um, in various places successful flexible grouping. Um, maybe we'll talk to some people who we know have this as a strength. It's one of their strong tools in their teacher toolkit. And uh, we'll explain, explore more about what it is and what to do and how it is something that we should all be doing and working very hard to figure out. So, all right. So we've got this term, continuous flexible grouping. And so what does that mean? Yeah, that's a great question. It's like we, right. Well, we should be grouping, right? And it should be flexible and we should be doing it all the time. Problem solved. Okay. That doesn't quite work, right? No, not really. No, it like, doesn't. But yeah, we need what? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So let's flesh that out a little bit. So, so we've defined that as uh, students that are engaged in learning that's within their zone of proximal development and interests. 
Hold up. Uh-oh. Zone of proximal development. Mm. Yeah, all right, so I have another anecdote from my, my past here about Let's the ZPD. ZPD. I'm a huge fan of the ZPD, and we all should be. Um, we should write a rap about the ZPD. You can do that. But when I was in, so this is, honestly, I think for many educators, this is not a term that we use frequently. Right. Once we leave our teacher prep, once we leave our pre-service training, um, we actually don't use this word a lot anymore, but we're, we're bringing it back. We're bringing back the ZPD. Are you down with ZPD? You know me. <laughs> okay. <All> right, anyway, <laughs> so when I was in teacher prep, uh, there was this one gentleman in my group who was kind of a little bit of a slacker. He's a great guy, but you know, wasn't into the whole school thing, I guess. And anytime we were in group discussions and he was called on, he would just say something that included Vygotsky's zone of proximal development. And everybody would just like nod and go like, Oh yes, yes. And then leave him alone for the rest of the class. <laughs> so I guess. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> So it's some fancy buzz term to throw out when you're feeling intimidated or like you need to prove your intellectual capacity. But it's also something that's really integral to the art and science of teaching. Oh, my. Okay. So it is something that I remember doing when I did my my pre-service. Uh, but then I took like 15 years off before I started teaching. So I had an, another life in between. So it's oh, wow. Yeah, so it's something that I didn't really remember uh, right. un until a few years ago. You know, we talk about grouping and putting kids into places where they succeed in your classroom, maybe even sharing a little bit. But it's really you're trying to teach the kids in front of you. So something like zone of proximal development. Oh, my God. You know, that's, I, that was college. And college is, is a long time ago. And you learn some things that you may not always use. But in fact, you're right. This is like the thing in order to put those kids into the right places so they can succeed. Yeah. This, this yeah, is this is, this is all thing. of it. Yeah, <laughs> this is why we're doing a series on this one and not just right. going to talk about it for 10 minutes. Yeah. So so why don't you talk a little bit about what that means in, in general? And maybe yeah, we, sure. maybe we can figure it out a little bit more. OK, so um, Matt, you recently texted to me. Um, a really fantastic image that it, graphic, like an, an infographic, if you will, that explains the zone of proximal development. So mm -hmm. we'll make sure we get that up um, on our Facebook page and on our um, pretty show notes on our web page. Right. Because I think this is something where it does help to have a visual to understand it. So basically what Vygotsky is saying is that um, for any given skill Let's go with skill for now. For any given okay, skill sure. or piece of anything you're learning, for anything that you're learning, for any one individual, there's this range, this series of zones of their development in relation to that learning okay, or that understanding or that skill. And so on one end, you have the zone where the skill or the concept is way too hard for them to, to get or understand. They are just nowhere near ready for it. No matter right. how they much, can't, no matter how much support no matter, they get, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter. No matter how much support. This is like putting the kid in the backpack and dragging them over the finish line of a standard. Like they, no matter how much scaffolding you give them, they cannot do it. Then on the other end, you liked that backpack. I did like that one. That was good. 
<laughs> I'm just imagining the kid in the backpack as you're saying, you will be proficient. You will be proficient. <laughs> Holy God. Okay. Get right. back in that backpack. <laughs> All right. So that one is, that's that's the hard end, right? That's the one. That's the hard end. That that's you're putting that. kids like into a danger zone, right? Because it's like. Yeah. It's like. Um, it's like the zone of harmful development. Exactly. I, I don't actually know. Like he, um, I'm sure Vygotsky has a term for it, but I, I don't know what it is. I'd have to look. I'd have to look that one up. That may okay, be so maybe on a future pod we can talk about that one. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Well, it's an important one. That the these are all zones that are important, right? Yes, because exactly. It's too hard. Now the other zone. Okay. Way up on the other end, um, is uh the easy zone. Mm-hmm. where the learner already has mastered the skill or the concept or the understanding and they are not doing anything. Their brain does not need to engage with this at all. And so it it's useless. It's a waste of time. Right? It's easy. Yes. They no, know absolutely. Our- absolutely. So this is this yeah. is one of the things. So when, when we talk to kids and, and we talk about the importance of, of putting kids into the right place and, and we can say that and kids will get it. But when we ask kids sometimes, has there ever been a time in your class where you've been stuck waiting for the other kids to catch up to where you mm-hmm. are? And the answer, of course, is always yes. Yes. And also on the other end, have you ever had your class move ahead of you while you're still trying to learn? You can't figure out, but suddenly they're moving on to something else. And of course, every kid says, yes, yes. That, that's happened. And And the thing that makes it difficult is when we ask them, so how does that make you feel? And they always come back with the, the the statement that it made me feel like not a person. It it made me oh. felt worthless, and because I wasn't important anymore. And that's why this zone of proximal development that has you know that big fancy long term. It's about putting kids in the right place to succeed. And if we're doing either one of those things, we're actively hurting the kids at that point. Yes. Not not just academically but emotionally no. and socially and all those things that are just as important that we've talked about in the past. Right. So what is the right place of development that we want them to be other than proximal, oh. obviously <laughs> it's proximal. So the zone of proximal development, which is this sweet spot in between the two danger zones on either side. Um, the best way to explain it is that this is where the learner needs to be stretching themselves a little bit. There needs to be some active cognition, active practicing, active um, wrestling with the skill or idea and with a little bit of support from the teacher. But then once the support is taken away, they are able to um, – do it, able to figure it out, get there, do it. They may stumble for sure and should stumble, um, you know, a few times, but then with each attempt at this understanding this concept or attempt at doing whatever skill is, you see them getting better and better and better at it. That is the zone of proximal development. Okay. So they're being, at least seems like they're being challenged a little bit, but not too much. Yes. Okay. And we can continue to move them forward from that spot. Right. Yes. Well, that sounds pretty reasonable to me. Yeah, it, it is. It's incredibly reasonable. It makes a ton of sense. And I think when you talk to any teacher about this, yes, that's where we want our learners to be. Um, I'm really happy that you brought up the social and emotional damage that working in the other zones can have because 
um, it's true. It's really damaging to kids to do that. And so what's crazy about the zone of proximal development is that it's not a constant for anybody. So every kid there will, I don't want to say every kid because statistically we know that's unlikely, but like there will be a variety of zones of proximal development in your classroom for any concept or skill. And it can vary within kid. So for example, like my, my zone of proximal development in math might be in one place for, for multiplication, but then somewhere else for division. Okay. Likewise, my zone of proximal development would, could look different in different subject areas as well. So um, this is where you can't just make like a blanket assumption about a learner. Like, oh, this is a really strong learner. This kid's fine. They'll do fine in everything. We really don't know. Um, so that's why it's really important to figure out what the zone of proximal development is. Okay. Well, that's where we're going to leave off for today. Because that, uh, that is like your beginning part of what grouping might be and how you could start thinking about the, the kids that you have. Uh, next week, we'll get into it a little bit deeper about some strategies to uh, perhaps make this happen in your classroom or across classrooms or across buildings. I think that's more of a series than a, than a one-week thing. Uh, but we'll, yeah, next sure. week, we're going to definitely talk about some strategies to make continuous flexible grouping uh, part of your mindset. Uh, so that's where we are for today. Yeah, so... Um... It all starts with the ZPD. The ZPD is the key. But very nice. Thank you. I'm working hard today. I'm working hard. Today. Yeah. <laughs> hey, because this is a series, if you have questions or comments or even ideas and thoughts, um, go put them on the parking lot. I think maybe we'll do a little cleanup of the parking lot. We'll save all the posts that are there. We'll put them in another place somewhere, but maybe we'll, we'll clear off the parking lot for this series so that anything that goes up there can be related to about um, the zone of proximal development or flexible grouping or things like that. So if you have a question, thought, or idea, go ahead, go put it up on our parking lot and we'll use that. I think you know, I'm thinking through maybe a good place we might go next is um, determining the zone of proximal development. That is a great one. Okay. All right. So the parking lot, you can also uh, tweet at us. You can tweet at the podcast at, at PLearnMC. You can tweet at me at Eat Sleep Stats. Courtney? And I'm at Belolin C. You can find us on Facebook at PLearnWithMC. And uh, our website is plearnmc.weebly.com. And you can find the pretty show notes there, information about us, a link to the parking lot. So something, something that we did put on just this past week was not just subscribing on iTunes because I realized we were missing all of the Android people. So after a year, I finally figured out how you can subscribe on Android. And a button is on our parking lot. It's on our website for it, not on the parking lot, right oh, above okay. that. So, yeah. yeah so. We got multiple ways to do this, and in a year, we'll probably figure out how to do something else, which means me. Right. We we now embrace all podcast operating systems and platforms. <laughs> yes. We're not just Apple biased. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Excellent. Happy St. Patrick's Happy. Day, Courtney, and we'll talk Happy soon. Happy St. Patrick's Day, Matt. Bye. 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 <laughs>
Thank you.